Hey there, hi there, hello there. Hello, my little uh, chocolate vanilla swirl with cookie crunch, please. That was extremely out of nowhere, but... Hello, my little boating accidents. You know, that one's more relevant, but <laughs> maybe not as appropriate. Um, but who cares? Because is Outer Banks appropriate? It's very risque, I should say. But before we get to Outer Banks, we should start with some seamless seconds. Mm-hmm. Outer, you thank you. <laughs> so what do you have for us this week, Taylor? Well, so many things have happened since uh, the last time we recorded. I mean, Ariana mm-hmm. Grande is married. Demi Lovato yeah. has new pronouns. KJ Appa and his girly pop are going to have a baby. And Timothy Chalamet is going to play Willy Wonka. Like, what do I even do? You know who did have a baby? Who? And, like, nobody's talking about it. Um, I forgot her name. I'm so sorry. But the woman who plays uh, Fiona on Shameless, she had a baby. <gasps> really? Emmy like, Rossum had a baby? Mm-hmm. Oh, my she God. She did. She posted it on Instagram. She just... Posted a picture, a pic, wow, a picture on Instagram of her maternity photo shoot and said, we had a baby. And I was like, girl, you didn't even tell us? Not that she I mean, had to, but you know. No, but like, so surprising that she kept it a secret this long. Although, I guess in these times where you could just stay indoors and not do anything, I don't think it's that hard to keep that big of a secret congratulations yes um i'm not sour about the fact that she didn't tell me about it uh or invite me to the baby shower but i am sour for miss olivia rodrigo not newton john's fantastic (laughs) album even though i haven't listened to the whole thing i will say the tunes that i have listened to have been uh some bangers and that's on jealousy jealousy and that's on brutal Jealousy, Jealousy is probably my favorite right now. Girl, that song said everything I've ever felt when she was like, just because, I don't remember the exact lyrics, y'all. I just added it to my playlist today. Please don't come for me. But when she was like, let me see. I'm trying to think of it in my head. It's like, um, oh, your friends are so cool. You go out every night in your dad's nice car. Yeah, you're living the life. Got a pretty face and a pretty boyfriend, too. Dang, it all just came to me. I mean, Sorry. that is a part, but that wasn't the part I was referencing, but thank you. Mm. The part where she's like, you know, I'm happy for you, but I'm also not. Like, that's me. When you good know, things happen for so... other people, it'd be difficult for me to celebrate. It really do. You know, I think we have really documented our character development um, over the past few months when it comes to Olivia Rodrigo. We, at first, weren't really... I mean, we never hated on the girl. We just said we didn't like driver's license. And I stand by that. I don't like... I still don't really like driver's license. But, you know, the more singles that came out... Her album coming out... Dang. The girl... I mean, for her first album, she really just hit it. She did. Mm-hmm. I think that I was uh on team olivia before katie because she was like deja vu ew and then she gave it a chance uh but i did i love the album aesthetic i think like the cover is really cool i'm not a huge fan of the merch 
or at least like the merch that I saw, like the ice cream shirt. That's really? not really for me, but like to each their own. I think she has the best merch out there. But like other artists' merch, like Billie Eilish and Taylor Swift, you know, both great artists. But y'all's merch, you need to hire somebody else because you literally slap on a picture of yourself and then put some words on there in a very general font and make like sweatpants for $55. Or Billy has made something for $200. I'm like, girl, what are you doing? Like, you are rich. You do not need to charge people that much money. I'm looking at the merch now and this is not what I saw the other day. Olivia's? Yeah. Yeah, because, like, Olivia's is so cute, and there's these sour earrings that I really want, and they're super cheap. They're, like, $8, and I considered buying them, but the thing is, it's, they're going to take, like, four to seven weeks to come in. You could literally make or those. It, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I could probably just make them, but they're so cute. I don't think I'll be buying anything because I don't buy merch, but I like the bucket hat that it's brutal out here. Um, mm-hmm. The locket's cute. Wish it was gold. Not a big fan of silver, but that's just me. The butterfly socks are cute. I think the driver's license thing is cute. But the ice cream shirt that I saw the other day, I didn't like. Maybe I'm, like, looking too deep into this, but I think Olivia Rodrigo's album, for her being so young, and for her to just, like, let all these emotions out and, like, really telling it how it is, about this relationship she was in I think that's like a really I don't want to say milestone because obviously other people have done that before um but like she's just kind of accepting it and like she said she even named the album sour because she wanted to embrace the sour emotions and feelings that teenage girls go through but are uh, criticized for and she just said you know what people think we're we're drama queens I'm just going to be one, and I don't care. I just think that the emotions she talks about are very kind of universal, and I appreciate that. Like, I feel like a lot of people don't like to talk about jealousy, even though it's a very normal emotion to have. But it just, like, Mm -hmm. the fact of, like, you admitting, like, dang, I want something that somebody else has, and not, like, in a playful, like, oh, my God, you got a new... Bentley I'm so jealous uh but like actually being jealous of somebody I mean she talks about certain emotions that like like you said nobody really wants to admit I mean in the song happier she says you know I wish you could be happy but not happier than me I mean it might sound selfish but you know it's what she's thinking it'd be like that though it'd be like that like when she was like and because this is a personal thing for me and maybe like I'll put out my album too and you guys can like experience it I'll call it vinegar uh my album would be about like just finding it difficult to be happy for people that you're supposed to be friends with like when good things happen to other people Sometimes I'm like, dang, when's it going to be my turn? Like, that's that's awful. Mm-hmm. And it's not even about me. It's not my moment to be like, ooh. But like, you know. I do like songs that are really open about these sorts of things. Like with Taylor Swift in like the Folklore album. You know, she talks about, I mean. Not to compare the two. is different. 
No, like, I'm saying, like, with folklore, it's different because she's putting, like, different narratives and, like, characters out there. Like, with Mirrorball, she has the line, you know, you know, I'm such a believer, I don't know why, you know, something, something like that. And then she says, I've never been a natural, all I do is try, try, try. It's like, wow, that's relatable. That's, like, some people, things don't come so easy for them. And still, it's so hard for them. And I think things like that, I really like how people are opening up about that in music these days and are not afraid to. Mm-hmm. I love some vulnerability so that I can mm-hmm. sit in my car and, like, act like I wrote it. I mean, don't we all? Listen, like, somebody has to be delusional, and if it has to be me, it has to be me. I'll be delusional along with you. Thank you so much for not leaving me out in the cold. Um, <laughs> Check out our new hit single delusional yeah delusional c and d delusional (laughs) (laughs) wow she really did that watch out for the album everybody can't wait to go to the grammys can't wait to sit at harry's table and have him like look at me and congratulate me yay Well, you know, I feel like for my seamless second, I should give an update because last time on um, our seamless second, I talked about getting a book, which I had gotten that day, and I should update y'all on my progress on the book. I'm not going to talk about the contents of the book itself because it is very graphic, and also I don't want to spoil it for anybody, Mm -hmm. so... It was last Monday. I don't remember the date exactly um, that I got the book. But over a week later, almost two weeks later, and I have gotten to almost 500 pages of the book, which I'm really proud of myself for doing because I don't know it's because before I was just reading books that I wasn't that interested in. But, like, I'm flying through this book. Like, every little thing that comes out about this character, I'm like, okay, I have to read more. I have to get to know this person more. I I have to know everything that's revealed about them. Um, Also, I should say the book is called A Little Life, if anybody's wondering. And I should, I don't know, I would like to give a warning out there. A lot of the stuff that happens in the book, are it's very hard to read. Like, I... I just, like, got to some pretty graphic stuff, and I was like, I don't know if I can read this stuff any longer. And I think that's why some people have given it low reviews, because it is very hard to read, but I think it's a good story overall. And probably, I don't know about next episode, but probably two episodes from now, I'll probably be done with it. So, we'll see. And then she can give us her Goodreads rating and update her yes. AR folder because I haven't seen any parent signatures in the last week. Uh, I'm just saying. Oh, well, well I, I'm, I'm sorry, you know. I, I don't, I'm over the age of 18. Do I need a parent signature? You do. And Mrs. Courage's <laughs> reading group, it's required. <laughs> Okay, I'm sorry. Are you going to make me pull a red slip? Uh, we call them cards at my school. Um, Maybe wow. I'll be one of those teachers that has the McDonald's french fry cups with the clothes pins. And I'll be like, pull a clip. Pull a clip. Oh, my goodness. Um, I will say, 
maybe this is crazy, but like a little life. So I did check it out at the library on my phone. I didn't read it, but you know, I, I tried Mm -hmm. to be supportive and I read the synopsis and like was on misread it and I was like, oh my God, whoa. There is, because we all know I'm a fanfic professor, there's a fic that's reminiscent. Not the same, but similar storyline. I thought you were going to say there was a fanfic about the characters in the book. I well, like, I, I mean, there probably is, but like... <laughs> oh. I like depressing literature. It's good. I wouldn't be surprised if there was a fanfic, if there was a thousand fanfics like this. I mean, fanfics love depressing stuff they really do mm-hmm. um they love to make the main character suffer so then the lover comes in and saves the day and all that um and this seems to be i don't know about the lovers swooping in type of thing but the depressing part definitely there um i don't know that the lover and the fic i'm referencing swooped in to save the day but it did kind of help un unveil some things that the main character was going through and like you know i'm not at all trying to say that i'm suffering in in that way because god no thank you i'm not amen deeply feel for anyone who is but like maybe like i'm in my suffer era maybe that means my lover's right around the corner i you know i i will say even before i got to the really bad stuff in this book there was one part of the book it was, it was bad, but you know, how can you rate how bad some things are? I don't know. I didn't, I, I had read the book every day since I gotten it. And then after re- reading this one part, I didn't read it the next day. I was so like, I don't know. It was too much for me where I was like, okay, maybe we need to put this away for a while. It was, it was a little too much for me. And that was the day she didn't fill out the AR chart. No, I'm sorry, Miss Gurge. I'm sorry. Imagine me being a teacher and making children call me that. Like, ew, no. What about Miss Taylor? You know? Something about that sounds sassy to me. Miss <laughs> Taylor. Um, excuse me, Miss Taylor. Uh, I don't want to read this book. I do remember as a kid, <laughs> this is such a little kid thing to do. Um, my cousin had a teacher. She was a kindergarten teacher. And apparently she went by her first name. Like she, her name was Miss, like first name. And I remember somebody referring to her as her first and last name one time. And I was shocked. I was like, what? She goes by her first name? And something about that was like traumatizing for me. I was like, I didn't know people could do that. I didn't know teachers were allowed to do that. Because I didn't know any of my other teachers' first names. How could I have the privilege of knowing this teacher's first name? That was like when you got the yearbook and you would see um, their first name. You'd be like, oh my god, my teacher's a person too. Just like It me. is weird how you basically know nothing about these people. And yet you spend, you spent like eight hours a day with them. Except what they present on like the first day. They're like... Hey everybody, I'm Miss Smith and I have two kids and a cat. Oh yeah. And my husband and we love football. Go balls. Uh <laughs> But I remember the yearbook, the teachers would always have like funny names. So it, like for each class, it would be like Miss Smith's superstars. Mm-hmm. Miss Jones's uh 
jumping jaguars. <laughs> the craziest stuff. Oh, elementary school. How we took you for granted. Honestly, wish I could go back sometimes. Wouldn't be easy to go back to the good old days. I mean, if I knew then what I know now. I will say, though, something about, like, kids getting up. Like, for me, at least, I would get up at 6 in the morning, and, like, I was truly struggling. I would go sit in my in my chair in the living room, and my mom would give me cereal. And, girl, I was not given the sugary kind. That was not our household. And I would watch Spongebob in the morning, and it would be dark. And I would literally, like, I could barely get this cereal in my mouth. I was so tired. And then I would get to school at, like, 7.30, and then be there until, I think, like, in elementary school, we got out at, like, 2.15. That just seems, like, crazy See, for, like, a five-year-old to do that. My, like, elementary school experience was, like, real different. Um, I don't remember when I woke up, but I know that my mom would always be there or whatever, and my grandparents, because I had an untraditional childhood. Uh, but we would go to daycare, and you had to be there by, like... I want to say either 7 or 7.15, I can't remember, because you would take the van to school. And to think that my mom was the one who dropped me off at school, like, I couldn't imagine being a bus kid. (laughs) Bus kid, that's that's also a weird phrase thing. Um, And if you lived far away from school, you had to get up earlier, because the bus would get to you earlier. I don't know. I think they wanted us to do school early to, like, get us adjusted. They start us early with capitalism. They said, you know what? These five-year-olds, they need to learn how to get up earlier so they can learn how to get up early when they're 25 and going to their corporate job. And that never helped. It really didn't. Who who likes to get up early? Maybe because I had to go to daycare, like, all the time, like, in the summer and everything, too. Maybe I was, like, more prepared. I don't know. But to think that teachers also have to get up even earlier than that. To think that teachers get the summer off. Yeah, but like most, a lot of them still do like second jobs or whatever. Because I had this one teacher who waitress, who was a waitress in the summer. I had a teacher whose dad owned an athletic business in town and she worked there. Imagine going to a restaurant and seeing your teacher. Like I have before. I would there was this one substitute teacher that we regularly had at my school and he was a waiter at O'Charlie's. Okay, imagine you're a high school teacher. And not saying this is embarrassing because there's nothing embarrassing about it, but like, you know high school kids are cruel and middle school kids. Yeah. I don't think middle school probably not so much because I feel like middle schoolers are more cruel to each other than their teachers. But like high school yeah. definitely. They're probably like, oh my goodness, they work as a waitress. Ew. Did you summer? see that Miss Jones's car is beat up and trashy and she works at Taco Bell? Uh-huh. I'm like, like y'all. wow. Obviously, you don't know how much teachers get paid to put up with y'all. I don't think most people make enough money, but that's a conversation for a different day. You know who yeah. really doesn't make enough money? The Pogues living in the Outer Banks on the cut unless you're kiara who is a pogue at heart i i just need to talk about this like just off the jump so i will commend this show for like choosing to make socioeconomic status the great divider because like it is in real life and i don't think we see it a ton 
in shows and movies. I'm not saying that, like, they invented this because, like, hello, the outsiders with the greasers and the socias and then, like, West Side Story mm-hmm. and so many other scenarios. I'm sorry for the vocal fry, by the way. I'm just a little tired. Uh-huh. Anyway, this girl, so this is my theory, right? She's, mm-hmm. like, the girl in the group. All the boys, they're struggling financially. Um, specifically John B, because baby boy is all on his own. But she she has money. Like, she goes to the kooks school, which I'm assuming is, like, a private school. But I don't think she started there. Yeah. Because there's this scene where her and Pope, which we'll, we'll do a character rundown in a minute, are arguing. And he's like, well, remember that year you forgot about us? Your kook year. I'm like, maybe well, they yeah. all went to school together, but then high school, like, freshman year, and she started going to school with them. Like, that's what happened. Well, that's how, that's what my theory has been, too. Like, I think her parents worked their... I think they were, at first, Pogue status, and then they worked themselves up with, like, the restaurant, which has, like, become a big tourist attraction, probably when Outer Banks became a big tourist area. So they got really lucky with that. And then she did mention uh, with her uh, conversation with Sarah, the one on the boat, that it was her first year at the kook school. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, nobody says it's like my first year if you've been there all the time, you know. Yeah, she started as like a freshman and now they're 16. Mm -hmm. They're junior. (laughs) Yes, everybody. They are 16. Do they look at... Mm. Especially John B. I'm like, baby, the actor that plays he's him is 28. Like, come on. He's playing with, like, 22-year-olds. And, you know, I'm sure when you're 28, that's not, not like, a big difference. You know, 28, 22. But, like, it feels like it. It, it looks a big difference. Well, I would say just, like, me existing right now at 23. And, like, if someone was, like, 28... That is a difference. I'm not saying, like, oh, my God, you're ancient because you're 28. But, like, those are two very different areas. Because, like, twi- yeah. like, your early 20s are drastically different than your late 20s. Yeah, it just seems – and I know story-wise they kind of had them – like, they had to be 16 because they had to be underage for John B's situation with, like, foster care. You know, his dad's missing. So, you know, that brings that whole thing into it. But also, I think the story could work if you take out some of that aspect and, like, the school aspect if they were in college. Like, they went to a local, like, like what if it was, you know, community college? And I'm not, this is not my mindset, but, you know, stay with me. But, like, community college, the Pogues, and then, like, some big private university school was like the kooks or whatever you know or like some public university was the pogues or maybe the pogues are like the scholarship kids and the kooks are like the daddy's money but the thing is is like obviously this would be fictitious because in american university like pretty much every not american university like the legitimate college but like in schools in america it's expensive, so pretty much everybody's on a scholarship, like, regardless of what your financial situation is. But I agree. Like, they, they could have changed that up a bit. Because they could still be looking for his dad without having to have this whole, like, DCS situation going on. 
Yeah, I mean, obviously, it would take out some scenes where, like, he's being forced into the foster care system, but that doesn't last that long. Maybe it could be, like, changed to, like, eviction or something. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he can't pay for the house. I'm sure whatever he's making with uh, the Kook family isn't going to pay for that house. Exactly, and, like, just basic living expenses in general. Yeah. Um... So there's that whole thing. I don't know. It's just, and we talk about this whenever we get to a teen, you know, series, because we do a lot of these, but they just do not look or act like 16-year-olds. Like, the the writers of the show, I don't know how old the writers are, but I guarantee you they are not young enough to know what 16-year-olds in 2021 act like, or 2020, whenever the show came out. But, and I, I remember in this particular scene thinking this exact thing. When Sarah and Kiara were having their little, like, opening up conversation. Oh, sis, I know where you're going. There's apparently this whole, like, big drama, which doesn't come in. It's only mentioned, like, once, and it makes no sense whatsoever, that Kiara and Sarah were once, like, best friends. And then Sarah was like, bye, Kiara, I'm ditching you. And it really hurt Kiara's feelings. And obviously it would. And you're 16. Makes sense why it would. But they made up so fast. Where I was like. No 16 year olds in high school would make up this fast. And even me as a 21 year old would not make up that fast. It's just. I don't know. I feel like they would be a little bit more petty. In that situation. I mean. They acted a little too mature. The thing is is like. I think that's one of those situations where Sarah was, like, Kiara's first friend at school. And it's almost like when you go to college, maybe this is not a good analogy to use, but, like, when you go to college and you meet people, like, the first week of class, you're probably not going to be friends with those people, like, long term. Yeah. And it's not to be like, oh, we're using them or whatever, but it's just kind of like, oh, these are just the first people you met at this point in time. But the Mm -hmm. whole drama is that Sarah had a birthday party and invited everybody and didn't invite Kiara, which like, I'm not going to lie, that would hurt, you know, like that would be, that would suck. And I, me and Katie, we sensitive girls. Okay. We some crybabies in the club. So like, I would have my feelings hurt too. We're in touch with our emotions. Yeah. Like I was trying to put myself in her shoes. Like if I would have been that age, like I know I would have been hurt. Um, I probably would have been hurt now too, to be honest, but I think they made up too fast. And like Sarah, I'll just say it. I hate her. Like, I think she's so annoying and I don't understand why everybody is so far up Miss Girl's crack. I know the show really wants us to like her, but there's something so unlikable about her that just, it irritates me. It beyond irritates me. It's like she swoops in, and maybe this is me being a pogue. I don't know. She swoops in for one day because she had this special map because of her family. And John B. falls in love with her in one day. And then he's like, you know what? I'm going to make you a pogue, girl. You're going to be a part of the group. He basically lets her into the group. Without anybody else knowing. Now, I don't know about you. And because I'm a very sensitive gal. It would just feel weird to have 
an outsider of sorts into your very close-knit group. It's like, you know, imagine you're a dance mom. And you're, um, I don't know, just imagine you're uh, Jill or whatever. And you're coming into this group. And, and, you know, you're the Kelly of the group. And you're like, I don't know about Jill. You know, this is a close-knit group we, we got going on here. We don't like bringing in new girls. This is exactly how it feels, everybody. It's not even that they're, like, exclusive. I mean, they are, but, like, not not in a bad way. It's just, like, the way that John kind of, John B., excuse me, takes on this, like, leadership role. Because, okay, it starts out with, like, the four of them, right? Like, there's John B., who is the leader, and his whole thing is, like, my daddy's missing. And everyone's like, yeah, he's probably dead. And he's like, no, my dad, we're connected. I hear him like the voice of God. Uh, And then you have JJ, who is the wild card of the group. Like, he's very, you know, act first, think later. And his whole deal is his dad is super abusive. And it's a really sad situation. And then... Mm -hmm. You have Kiara, who's like, save the turtles, environmentalism, woo. Uh, And that's about it, because they don't really develop her at all. And then Mm -hmm. you have Pope, who is the brains of the group. Like, his whole thing is, I need this scholarship so that I can go to college and study forensic anthropology. Like, I'm smart. That is it for me. And his parents are, like, I I think his parents are probably, like, the least awful, kind of along with Kiara. Because, like... Mm -hmm. Pope's dad is always like, oh, those kids are bad influences. But, like, he's not, like, you know, he's he's he more, like, wants, playful about it. Yeah, I think he, like, truly wants his son to succeed and, like, go to college. So he's like, don't get caught up in, like, something dangerous or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. Because he's like, I just want better for you so that you don't have to do the kind of work that I have to do. And then yeah. Kiara, her parents not so much her mom but like her dad is very like they're a bunch of mooches like they're always coming here for free food or whatever and i'm like yeah because half of them don't have parents well yeah like what what do you expect john b is 16 apparently and you know probably living off cheetos from the gas station jj i don't who knows what his situation is is gonna is like and and we talked about this beforehand but JJ's whole situation is apparently very transparent to everybody, but nobody has done a thing about it. And I get why his friends would probably say nothing about it, um, because they're like, well, he would have to go in the foster care system and move away, which, you know, when you're 16, that's a very, like, com- conflicting thing to think about. But, like, the adults, like, there's somebody who works with his dad, and he's just like... Oh, yeah, I know your dad beats you up. Just go. Just, okay, whatever. I'm like, shouldn't you call somebody if you know this? I'm like, why would you not stick up for him, you know? Like, even if he is kind of a troublemaker, I'm like, that doesn't mean, like, you need to be, like, beat. I don't know. Like, I don't know if a lot of that just goes around in the outer mix. But, which it seems like it does. Everybody gets physical with their parents in the show, it seems like. But not to that degree. No, not to. But, like, they probably don't think it's, like, that bad. You know? Maybe they don't know how bad it is. I think JJ kind of, like, 
he's he's open about it, but I think he kind of downplays like how bad the situation really is. Yeah. Because there's a scene, which we'll talk about later, that kind of showcases that, and then people like start to realize like, oh wow, like okay. This is not good. But John B brings Sarah into it, and like it's one of those situations where. It's pretty evident that, like, John has had a thing for Sarah for, like, a while, you know? But she's been mm-hmm. unavailable because she has a boyfriend, a fellow kook, Topper. Um, and he works for her dad. So it's like, that's not going to happen because he's, you know, the help. Mm-hmm. But she comes in, and one of the big plot lines for this season, there's, like, three major ones, I guess, is they're looking for this treasure because that's what John B's dad was super obsessed with was finding this treasure, this gold on this sunken ship, or they think it's on the sunken ship, but it's not. And Sarah's family has all the resources because they Mm -hmm. live on the property and they have the maps and all this stuff. And at first he's kind of like using Sarah because he's like, she's just a stepping stone to get to where I need to be. And then he starts to catch feelings for a queen and he's like, babe, let me include you in on the plans without consulting anybody else. And then like they start talking about it like she's going to get a cut of the money. I'm like, what does she need the money for? Yeah, like, like, is she expecting money? Because she don't need it. She's set for life. I mean, maybe they didn't say it exactly like that, but that's how I was interpreting it. It was, like, when she got included, was, like, she was going to get a cut of this money. And I'm, like, one, her house. And I I know you can make the argument, like, oh, but that's her dad's money. That's not her. Like, you know, like, what your parents have doesn't necessarily translate to you. But in her instance, I would say it would. Because she pretty yeah, much said, like, like, like with- she's got a ride into, like, that college and everything. Yeah, with her dad, just being born into that family, she can go into a good college, probably won't have student loans or debt or be in debt. She could get a new job, probably from connections from the college or her dad. And then she could probably meet somebody nice who also has money. And then they can get married. And then they could buy a big house with all their money that they earn from their nice jobs. And then have children and start the whole cycle all over again. Agree. And what can the, and what can the other other people do? Not that. I don't even think Kiara can do that. No, like, I think Kiara's family is, like, more well-off than her friends. But I don't think she's, like, rich-rich by any means. I think she only goes to that school just because her parents want her to have a nice education. Exactly. But I don't think they're, like, living in mansions or whatever. No, because there's even a scene between Kiara and her mom where they're getting ready to go to that, like, country club event. And, yes, they're members, but... She's like, oh, we're just doing this to keep up with the Joneses. Like, it's it's for, like, appearances. Like, I don't think that they're, like, rich, rich. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not starving yeah. or anything. But I feel like it's no. almost like a, to stay on brand, a Richard and Emily situation where it's like, we want our baby to get that good quality education. So we'll do what it takes to make sure she can go to this good school. I will say, I do think there are a lot of similarities between, like, between Gilmore Girls and Outer Banks. Obviously, like, with Gilmore Girls, you have Stars Hollow and uh, Hartford. Is that the name of the town or city? Hartford, Connecticut, Um, yeah. 
Yeah, and it's like it's not as extreme where people are literally like beating other people up because they're from Stars Hollow, but you do have like these instances where you know you have Hartford kids coming in or like Chilton kids or whatever. They're going to Stars Hollow and they're like, "Oh, you live here. Oh, you take the bus or whatever." You know, classism. Mm-hmm. But Sarah. Uh, she just gets included in these plans and then oh my god I can't handle it the obsession with her is just like what I can't handle right so she breaks up with Topper after cheating on him with John which is like repeated behavior for her and like listen I'm not really about infidelity that's not for me um and it all goes down to her commitment issues because she she said it herself she's like whenever I get close to people I just feel trapped and I think it's because she worries that if she gets close and, like, intimate and connected with somebody from the kook side, like, she's going to be stuck in that lifestyle forever. Like, she is not getting out. Mm-hmm. That's just going to be her. And I feel like she uses John B. and the gang in a way because she's, like, adventure, fun. <laughs> and it's almost, like, I think glorifying being to poor. Be re- yeah, they're her outlet of being rebellious. Her version of rebellion is hanging out with the poor kids. Exactly. Like, you know, they don't. You you get to choose to be a pogue. These people don't get to choose to be a pogue. For real, it's like she gets to have fun with the poor kids and then go home to her big mansion. Like she has a safety net. Mm-hmm. Like she doesn't have anything to worry about. Even though her dad is crazy and her brother's crazy, but you know. But yeah. even her dad is obsessed with her because, like keep in mind Ew, this it's like weird it is this girl's father has two other children sarah is the middle child there's rafe who's 19 and addicted to coke and probably schizophrenic and then there's wheezy who's 13 and just living her you know vodka crystal life light and like there's no, i think i said that wrong crystal light life <laughs> can you tell queen's tired yeah uh And, like, all he cares about is what Sarah's doing. And I know it it has to deal with, like, John B. Because she's dating him. And he's worried that, like, oh, no. My daughter getting close to him is going to mean that he's going to find out what I did. Which was kill his dad. Even though it was an accident. You know. It was an accident. But he chose not to report it. Mm -hmm. He chose not to get him help. He stranded him on this island outside of the Outer Banks. I know. It's like so many outer layers. But turns out uh, Big John wasn't dead when he dumped him on the island. And he died from probably starvation. Dehydration. Who knows? He died alone on the island. And the last thing he did was carve Redfield into the compass that was left for John B., Mm-hmm. Which set off a whole treasure hunt of things. Honestly, I'm going to be honest. The whole treasure hunting aspect aspect of the show was just the most boring part. I just did not care. I didn't care about some stupid treasure. I didn't, I didn't even know what the show was about going in. I know Outer Banks has been out for a while and it's like everybody's favorite show these days. I thought Outer Banks was just this show about a bunch of teenagers just living life on the Outer Banks. And, you know, we get to see 
you know, the ups and downs of high school drama. And that is, uh, that's partly what we got, but you know, not really any of it. People compare it, was, it to like the Goonies. Um, has anybody seen the Goonies? No. I mean, that movie was scary when I was a kid, so I didn't like watching it. But, um, I I thought the treasure, like, it was too drawn out. And then they saved, like, the exciting stuff for the very end. And I, I know, like, oh, it's got to build up. But, like, the whole murder thing was, like, what was interesting. And they didn't get to that until, like, episode seven. Yeah, like, when we learn who really killed Big John, and then when... Rafe kills the sheriff. By the way, the woman who plays the sheriff, she's in every teen drama show there is. She's in American Horror Story, too. Mm-hmm. She plays Indra on The 100, the most iconic character of the show. And I love her. I think she's a great actress. Um, and I love seeing her in all these shows. But anyways, Rafe kills the sheriff because the sheriff discovers everything. And she's like, I'm going to, you know catch him and like I don't know she's doing her sheriff stuff and Rafe is like I have to prove to daddy that I'm worth it I have to protect him and so he kills the sheriff and that sets off this whole other murder thing going on in like the last two episodes the last two episodes like do not belong with this series (laughs) let me just say that it's like completely different they were interesting but it did not feel like Outer Banks. It also felt like the budget was totally used up for, like, the last episode. Mm-hmm. They said, we gotta make the storm seem realistic. Because they did have a hurricane in the first episode. And we basically saw no- none of it. Yeah, we just mostly just got the aftermath. It was just like, oh, no, the power's out. Oh, no, people don't have running water. Except for the rich people, but, mm-hmm. you know. But I will say... The show is really pretty. It's It looks really nice. Not my aesthetic, but I support it. Mm-hmm. And I did think the storm looked nice in the last episode. Um, some of it did look a little CGI-ish, but, you know, I'll, I'll move past it there for the show's sake. There were some scenes that, and, you know, I don't work in the film industry, uh, but there were some scenes where I was like, somebody needs to adjust the white balance on this camera. Yeah. Because when they were in um, Chapel Hill, there's this scene where they're going up the stairs and it is so yellow and like not in a good way. <laughs> mm. um, the scene where, for whatever reason, that John B. and Sarah are going on the top of this tower. I don't know. And Topper comes up and he's like, yo, what are you doing with my girl? Sarah, you're cheating on me. And then he pushes <laughs> Jambi off the uh, off the tower. It's so dark, but like you can tell what's going on. And also, by the way, Jambi should not have, he walked away with very minor injuries for that long of a fall. This boy fell on his back like six times in this season. I'm like hard falls too. And it's just fine. He should have splattered. He should have not been in one piece. And all he walks away with is a concussion and broken wrist. And it's a hairline fracture. It's not even like... Oh, yeah. 
his whole arm broke off or anything. It's I'm like, like I'm I'm sorry. Did your wrist break the frall? What what happened here? I'm like he would have ha- like you would have had a back injury from falling at that height into the ground. He should have at least been like wrist for paralysis. Like there should have been physical therapy involved. I'm just saying. I mean, I know they're gonna move the plot along, but also, why was he? What was the point of that scene if it was gonna be moved along so quickly? Because basically, the scene happens. Topper pushes him. Topper, by the way, does not get away with anything. But Sarah and John B say, "Topper pushed me." Like, where is the police in this situation? I mean, this could have been attempted murder, but whatever. I, I guess I don't know anything. And then it moves along to where he's not adopted, but he's taken in with Sarah's family. I'm like, so he had to be pushed off a tower for some adult to come in and be like, you know what? I think I'm going to be your legal guardian. I mean, what was the point, really? I think people suspected that he was living on his own, but it wasn't like confirmed because he was supposed to be living with his uncle. Who was in Las Vegas doing... Living it up and having the best time ever. Um, and John, he's not helpless. Like, you know, some people, like, they couldn't live on their own. Like, they just can't take care of themselves. Like, he seems like he can handle his own pretty well, but he's too young to make enough income to, like, actually sustain himself. Yeah. Because you can't get, like... A fat paying job that young and helping out on her dad's boat like that's not enough money to live off of and I'm sure he doesn't do that often I mean how often do you need to help out with the boat yeah it's not like he's there every day and then he loses that job because he starts stealing like oxygen tanks and stuff so that they can try and find this treasure yeah, and Topper, like, says, you know, you should look out for He has a friend with a gun. And they pulled it on me. But but ignore the fact that I tried to choke John B. out. I just think Topper was irritating. Topper and Rafe were the most annoying characters of the show. I could not stand them. I can't stand their faces. I'm so sorry to the actors. But, like, you played it up very well, I should say. Very great actors. I hated both of y'all. Especially Rafe. Oh my goodness, Rafe. I just... Like, Topper, I hated, but there were times where it's like, I understood where he was coming from. Not his actions, but like, being upset that your girlfriend is like, cheating on you. And she was like, full on cheating. Like, she wasn't like, you know what, I'm gonna break up a Topper and then we're gonna be together. No, she was like, you know, we're together now, I'll break up a Topper uh, whenever I get the chance. And the thing is, is like, Topper, and I'm not defending him at all, he wasn't like, horrible to her. Like, there were some consent issues, definitely. I mean, I still think he's like, a pretty awful person, but like, compared to Rafe, I mean, I don't know. But, and there were times when, like, Rafe would go too far with things, like, when they were beating up Pope for um, obvious reasons that the show just did not want to discuss, apparently. Um, And 
I think it was Topper who was like, you know what, back off, Rafe. You know, we're doing too much. Um, but I still hated them both. I think he's schizophrenic. I swear he was schizophrenic. Because that scene in the last episode where he's talking to himself, but then there's this other scene, like, okay, everybody's looking for John B. because that's who they pinned the sheriff's death on. There's this scene where Sarah's trying to, like, confess to the FBI, like, what's going on. And her dad is like, Mm -hmm. no, my daughter, she's so upset. Like, she's not making any sense, blah, blah, blah. He's like, she was recently diagnosed with bipolar disorder. And I'm like, I think either Ward, Sarah's dad, or um, Rafe is, like, the bipolar disorder thing and he just like said it was sarah do you, do you get what i'm saying yeah yeah because it came out of nowhere i was like why what is this like it even if it was a lie it just felt like oh um okay why bipolar disorder out of all things and like rafe is trying so hard to be like daddy's boy and once again not defending anybody's actions like you can tell why it's because the dad is literally up sarah's crack yeah, I mean, when Ward finds the gold and he takes it, he's like, he has this whole plan to take it to the Bahamas. And he only thinks about bringing Sarah. He doesn't want to bring his other kids. And the other kids see this as like, oh, you know, his favorite kid, going to take her to the Bahamas, not going to take us. And I can see where, like, Ward can get frustrated with Rafe because, you know, Rafe owed his drug dealer, like, a lot of money, and he tried to steal from his dad to bring in the money, so Ward had to go to the drug dealer, which was a whole other story that, like, (laughs) we barely, like, it's a whole subplot, and Ward basically says, like, you're 19 years old, you're... I mean, you're doing this in my house. You're trying to steal my money. You need to leave. I mean, rightfully so, honestly, I would say. I mean, it's like... Hmm. I mean, I am not a parent, and I've never been in that situation. I hope I never am. But, like, it's difficult on both sides. But it makes sense. It's like, if you're going to act like that under my roof, like, no. I mean, if I was Ward, I would say, like, I mean, this has been a strategy with, like, I've heard with people with addictions, I don't know for, I don't know personally, but, like, I've heard people say, like, my dad, who I love more than anything in the world, like, cut me off until I got clean. And they would say, like, that was the biggest thing that helped me because I was taking, something was taken away from me because of my addiction, so I worked to help that but also war could have been like hey let's go get you some help son i think it's like different because he's so young like 19 yes it's an adult but you're still you're still like a child at 19 in mm-hmm. a lot of ways i mean it doesn't seem like he's in college or anything or maybe he is and it is the summer so I don't know. All the parents in the show are literal garbage. Maybe that's why the kids seem like so mature for the for their age. 
Like, they seem to, like, handle themselves pretty well. They never, they sometimes got into messy situations. I don't know. If I was 16 and me and my friends were caught in some treasure murder case, th things would definitely get very messy along I, the way. I think it's because, like, they all really had to raise themselves. Because if you think about it, like, the yeah. Hove parents are, like, busting their tails to bring like money home so that they can try and take care of their kids and then like the rich people like their parents are just absent because they're either working or like living their own social life i know sometimes you can't get like actors under 18 because there are laws with like child labor and all that and also with like explicit scenes but there really weren't that many like explicit scenes and maybe you could have cut that out and you could have had like, and Stranger Things has done this. I mean, we've, I've talked about how I didn't really like Stranger Things season three and like season two was iffy, but at least they had kids who looked their age. Now these kids are growing up now and they're probably not going to look like middle school and high schoolers anymore, but they did at one point. It but they've seemed, been it made it the seem, show up with them. Yeah. And it made it, made them seem believable but you have these shows like Outer Banks or like 13 Reasons Why and all this stuff. And I'm like, they just, like, why get, why can y'all just not get, well, 13 Reasons Why, that's a whole other thing. But why, why can't you just get actual teenagers? There are some out there. I don't know. And it's not like the acting in this show was like so groundbreaking that a young person couldn't do it. But like, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like the acting was... No. You don't love me, Topper. You love the idea of me. You love being seen with me. But I'm like, does anyone really love the idea of Sarah? I don't know. Like, even the parents... Okay, th this is like another situation of like, how did this happen? I think John B., he just said, I am the prophecy. Nothing can take me down. Uh, they get stranded in the middle of the ocean after the storm. And, like, they've been out there for hours because the storm is at night and it's morning. And neither of these people drowned. Yeah, like, one of the things that really, like, bothered me about this, they're seen in life jackets. When did they put on these life jackets? Because when we were following them, you know, driving through this storm... They did not have life jackets on. And then they flip over immediately. So I'm like, okay, they did not have life jackets on before then. But they didn't have life jackets on after because the boat is flipped over. Where are they getting these life jackets? And I'm like, even with that, wouldn't you? Because, like, they were asleep and woke up in the middle of the ocean. And maybe, like, mm -hmm. this is just me, but I'm like, wouldn't you have, like, accidentally breathed in water or something at some point and, like, drowned? Uh, well, the show, with the show's logic, they were being kept afloat along with their, like, their mouths were being kept afloat on the boat where water was not there. I don't know. That doesn't really make know. any sense. But Sarah, John is like, I'm going to go back. We're not going back together. I'm just going to, you know, deal with this. And she's paddling away all dehydrated. And there are these parents on this boat, you know, drinking and living their parental life. And this dad, this random father's like, is that Sarah Cameron? So I'm like, Cameron. even like the dads are in love with her. Like, what is going on? 
I don't know. I'm like, she's just a. I hate to I say it, but basic. Like she is. Like there's yeah, nothing she there. Is. I don't know. I think she's just the pretty girl. She's just the pretty girl. That's it. Like there's no personality, and people are like, she's so fun. I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah, she's no fun. She has commitment issues, which, like, I'm not blaming the queen for it, but, you know, she's got a whole lot line of problems that she needs to deal with. I just kind of, like, she, I don't know. It just felt like they didn't know what they wanted to do with her character. Because, like, and I would say that that's true for a lot of the characters in the show. Like, the first episode after the storm, like, she's kind of painted as being like this you know humanitarian girl Mm -hmm. but that goes away they drop that with both her and kiara because like they make a few remarks in the first few episodes about kiara like wanting to save the turtles being sustainable and like i think pope even asked her one time like what is um a rich socialist want with money like what does a rich socialist do with money and then after that it's kind of it do, it's never brought up again that they care about the environment until they have their big like conversation in a later episode like none of the characters really feel fully fleshed out and then like yeah i will say there were a few scenes that i appreciated like There's this part where Pope takes the plug out of Topper's boat and it sinks. Oh, yeah. And JJ takes the fall for him, like, when the cops get involved. Because, like... I know, that was... Yeah, that was, like, a sweetheart moment of JJ. Or... Yeah, JJ. I don't know why I just forgot his name for a minute. I was like, is that his name? Yeah, and then, like, they reunite later and, like... Pope, like, hugs him. I just, like, love, like, platonic affection. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's this the scene. Okay. To talk about romance for a second. <laughs> My favorite category. There's this scene in, like, the beginning where John is excited about something. I can't remember what it is. Probably about that dang treasure. And he kisses Kiara. And it's kind of, like, one of those spontaneous things. And he's like, I didn't mean to do that. Because every guy in the group is kind of in love with her because she's the only girl, you know? Mm-hmm. And But it's never shown that... I don't believe JJ's in love with her. They never show it. He just kind of talks it's... about her, like, yeah, she's a hottie. But, like, you know. And Pope actually does like her. And he confesses Mm -hmm. this kind of out of nowhere. And I will say, I'm not saying, like, girls have to be like, oh, my God, you like me? I like you, too. Because, like, obviously sometimes feelings aren't mutual and that's okay. But I think the way that she rejected him was really hateful. But it was kind of just, like, poor timing. Like, the when he told her was just not the time. Um, But when he, like, started tearing up, girl, tell me why I was getting emotional. I said, dang. Are you talking about Pope or John B? Pope. Don't nobody care about John. (laughs) Yeah, I felt so bad. I think at that point he was going through a rough time with, like, the scholarship stuff and, you know, 
all that happening. And he was like, you know what? I want one nice thing to happen to me. And again, I was rejected. Because she was mean about it. (sighs) Yeah. I mean, I get it. Like, maybe in some ways, Kiara was thinking, like, why can't I just have, like, friend, like, guy friends who are just friends? Like, they always, they're always interested or whatever. But, you know, you don't have to be so harsh, girl. You don't have to be so harsh about it. Like, she was screaming. She's like, that's not going to happen. This is not what I want. I would have been, I would have been embarrassed if I was Pope. I would have been like, <laughs> yeah, me you know, I did not mean that. I feel couldn't be me. Like, no, that's not happening. No. I would rather bite my no. own foot off, but you know, whatever. Mm-mm. And then like John, no. the whole ki- like moment between them where they're talking on the surfboards. I'm like, there was no chemistry there. Like, why were they trying to pretend like Kiara and John B were going to be a thing? I have, well, I mean, I think they set that whole, whole thing up to create more drama between her and Sarah, which was like, I don't know. I wasn't really here for it with that whole aspect. I don't know. And the way that they fell in love so fast, fell in love in quotation marks, like after four days, they're like, oh my God, you're everything <laughs> to me. I would die and for like, you. When they when they drive into the storm, she's like, I'd rather die than be without you. I'm like, whoa. We need to rethink this really quickly. She said, It's not too late to turn back. I'm sure she would have, well, I don't know if she would have gotten over him. But, you know, will they last? Who knows? Imagine someone saying that to you in real life, though. Like, that makes me feel nasty. Like, someone being like, don't leave me. I would be like, ew. Like, that would make me want to leave more. I'm like, oh, you're dependent on me. Is that all I am to you? Like, ew, clingy. A, a pillow? Me being married to someone, ew, clingy. Ooh. Commitment, disgusting. <laughs> Maybe we really are Sarah. I think I am. I think I am Miss Sarah Cameron. No, mm-hmm. I think I want to be Wheezy. She's iconic with those little cups. Yeah, she is. She really is. Um, let's see. So... After 10 episodes, 10 hour-long episodes, how would you rate Outer Banks Season 1? Well, out of 10 um, gone pecans, I would give it, I don't know, I'm trying to assess for the fact that if I felt like it took me a long time to get into it, maybe 4 out of 10 gone pecans. You know, I was going to give the same rating. A four um, old blind lady with a shotgun. She was terrifying. Out of ten. She was. Miss, why were her she eyes, was. like, glow in the dark? <laughs> she was blind. But I don't think Apparently. being blind means you have, like, radioactive they eyes. They don't. The, the, whoever edited the show said, you know what, we got to make her more scary. Let's make her blind. But, you know, she's not just blind. She's she has X-ray vision. She's got flashlight eyes. 
It's so horrible, but like, it was so funny at the same time. I don't know what they were doing with that episode. They tried to do this whole horror aspect, but it was so weird. But I was scared. When I saw her face mm-hmm. pop up, I did jump out of my skin a little bit. Um, You know, they shined a light on superpowers, I guess. Uh, And we're shining a light on the end of this episode. And you know what we usually do at an end of the episode, if I can speak? What, what do we do? We take a quizzy-wizzy. We are taking a quiz called, Which Iconic Outer Banks Female Character Are You? Pogue or Not? By Juju McDonald 9 Thank you, Juju. A community contributor. Oh my gosh, I forgot that little part. <gasps> Juju, she apologizes for not getting your full title. Oh my goodness, what is happening to me? This is not, that's not normal. That's not tradition. You change I it apologize. up for one week and everything just is I a mess. I can't, I can't, I can't. Um, all right, first question. Where's your dream home? New York City. So I can start my theater career. North Carolina. So I can stay right here in the South, where everything's the same, nothing changes. Chicago, um, my one-woman show titled Chicago, or the Bahamas, where my Nana's pastor is from. Dang. Um, realistically, I would not want to live in any of these places <laughs> i like how there were three two cities one state and then a country <laughs> they really just didn't want to f- make us feel limited no um i'm gonna go with new york city even though i've always complained about how i don't think i would want to live in new york but i realistically don't see myself living in any of the other places Um, you know, I don't know much about North Carolina, so it's a no for me. The Bahamas, I'm sure the beach is fine, but I don't really rock with that. I've been to Bahamas. It's very, it's very nice, but I wouldn't want to live there. Okay, gotcha. Gotcha, Sarah. Okay. And then Chicago, (laughs) just kidding. And then Chicago, where my aunt lives, I've been to, but I've, like, I've been multiple times, because I've got family there, but I've never, like, been, because I haven't been to all the, like, touristy stuff or whatever, and then New York is just, like, the superior choice out of what's here, so I'll also select that. Yes. We'll be roommates. Oh my god, splitting the rent. (laughs) What are you doing on the weekend? Reading. Y'all, I did check out a book from the library. I haven't read it, though. I'm so interested. Okay. Relaxing near the pool with all those kids? No. Going into town. Okay, little house on the prairie. Or <laughs> hanging out with my bestie. It just says hanging out. I mean, it could be with anybody or just by yourself. Like, what is hanging out, though? Like, aren't all these other options still hanging out? Um, I don't know the definite term of hanging out, to be honest. I think it's just, like, 
not, I think it's just not working in my opinion. I don't know what that's like anymore. Anymore. Um, you know what? Ever since I recently picked up a book, I've been reading on the weekend. I read a lot today. Um, even though it's not the weekend. I don't know why I just thought it was. Um, but I'm sure I'm going to read a lot this weekend. So that's what I'm going to do. You know, maybe I'll get some reading done. I checked out the flat share because I love some British literature. Uh, mm-hmm. It just does something for me. And I love romance because I don't have any in my life. So yeah. I'm going to choose hanging out to be different. But like maybe reading is a part of my hanging out session. I think I think it is. Because I think hanging out is just a very broad and general term for all of these things. I feel like it's just vibing. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite hobby? Is cleaning a hobby? Um, to some people, yes. I didn't mean to shame anyone. I just like considered that to be like a task. But you know, do whatever makes you feel good. Um, alcoholism, playing chess, or filing for bankruptcy. None of these sound like a fun hobby to be honest um oh you know what I will say and this is just gonna go against what you were just talking about I did um you know on in my free time organize our pantry so I think that counts as cleaning in some ways but in no way is this my favorite hobby I just have to put that out there I wish I could say that shopping slash filing for bankruptcy was, like, a hobby for me. But lately, I've been having trouble spending money. Like, there are things I want to buy, but because I'm trying to uh, have a savings account, I don't let myself. And it's difficult. Uh, but I'll pick shopping bag lady. That's who I want to be. Who would you want to be stranded with? Literally none of these people. Okay, JJ, a real wild card. John B, not to be confused with uh, Big John. Deputy Shoop, who reminds me of someone in my real life, won't say who. Or Ward Cameron, a father obsessed with his eldest daughter. I'm going to be honest. Who is Deputy Shoop? Like, is he the guy with the mustache? Yes. Okay, I don't think I've ever heard his name in the show. Um, oh, I, ooh. Um, you know, on one hand, I would say JJ, because he seems like a fun time. You know, he bought that hot tub and everything. But on the other hand, that's very impulsive. Um, and then you got John B. You know, I don't hate him, but... He just, he seems like he just always wants his way. Um, but because I don't think I would know when JJ would be impulsive, I'm going to go with John B. I was also going to select John B, but for different reasons. I think it's because he has those, you know, 
Jonathan from Stranger Things bones. So like a king would not be getting hurt. I could send him up to like the palm trees to get us some coconuts. And if he fell, I would not have to worry about him. Like we would still have him. He would be fine. He'd be out for a few hours, but you know. Like no paralysis or anything. No, he's, I mean, he's got those strong bones. What can I say? He's been drinking that milk. So how many siblings do you have? This is a real thinker for me. Okay. Three, two, many to count, one or none. I have one. Two is not an option. (laughs) That's too many to count. But three is, three you can count. I am, um, Miss Only Child Syndrome, just like John B., just like JJ, just like Key, and just like Pope. We don't know if John B. doesn't have, like, a half-sibling out there. Well, if we're counting half-siblings, then I would have two. I mean, I don't know what counts. I mean, (laughs) I think it's all opinion, in, in my opinion. Uh, but where would you rather shop? Not Lily Pulitzer being the first choice. <laughs> Isn't Lily making like a comeback right now? Isn't everybody obsessed? Um, I don't know, to be honest. I think it's ugly, but everyone can wear whatever they want. Free People, Sun, or my favorite, the one, the only, Miss Target. Why would you pick anything other than Target? Target has everything. I mean, sure, PacSun has the Kindle and Kylie collection, but like, you know. Iconic. <laughs> but Target has the JoJo Siwa collection. And that's all that matters. What would you uh, wear to a party? Jeans, obviously. Just jeans, no top. Uh, white dress, because purity pantsuit because businesswoman or hot pink dress because attention the white dress is definitely like a sorority um hazing event we're so glad you're here Woo! <laughs> um but i would like to think that with the jeans you could also accompany it accompany it with a jean jacket uh, that's what that truly means so i'm gonna pick jeans have a britney moment Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm gonna go. I would pick hot pink dress because I have a Leo rising, and I want people to pay attention to me. Understandable. What's the most important trait to you? Respect, sarcasm, loyalty, or money. Money. Is obviously. money even a trait? <laughs> I would say rich, but not money. Money is not a trait. Um, let's see. You know what? Respect. That, I mean, why, why otherwise? A true Aretha Franklin stan, (laughs) R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Find out what it means to me. Um, I think I would pick loyalty. I want someone to stand by my side. And even when I'm wrong to say, you know what, baby? You're right, even when I'm wrong. Dang. Um, oh, so who is your uh, iconic Outer Banks female character? Who are you? I don't think that 
this character is an example of loyalty, but whatever. Uh, Miss Sarah. Yay. <gasps> That's who I got. So fun. Oh my God. Twins. Just a couple of cheaters. Okay. You're romantic at heart and love to tease. You have confidence, sarcasm, and passion in your blood. People expect things of you and don't really know the real you. <sighs> they just don't know the real me. They know my name and not my story. How many female characters did we have to choose from? <laughs> you have Sarah, you have Kiara, you know, the two mains. You got our girl mm -hmm. Wheezy, the clear uh, best female character, mm -hmm. um, the sheriff, and then whatever Sarah and Wheezy and Rafe's stepmom. Oh, Rose. Yeah, her. I only knew her name was Rose uh, from the subtitles. <laughs> I mean, she was really irrelevant. I kind of forgot about her, and then she popped up again. I was like, who is that? I didn't realize who, like, she was a character until, like, the eighth or ninth episode when she came in to um, his office and was like, here's some real estate thing you might be interested in. And I'm like, oh, is she his secretary or something or his assistant? Who is this person? And they were getting awfully close, and I was like, dang. That's an awfully close assistant or sec secretary. I thought the same thing. But I remember in one of the earlier episodes, Rose told Sarah to do something. And she was like, you're not my mom. And, like, that was the only way I made any connection. I do not remember. It was, like, really quick. She's like, you're not my mom. Well, that probably broke Rose's heart. Truly did. But she bounced back. She was probably like, you know what? Big Daddy still got that money and he's paying for everything. I don't even care. Let mm -mm. these kids be brats. What are they going to do about it? Hmm? Yes. You know, I love to be named after an iconic character, Rose. <laughs> I love um, having the commitment issues of an iconic character, Sarah. Oh, Sarah. You'll, you'll always be yeah i was gonna say special in our hearts but i don't think that's the case you'll always have um that mouth slightly open and those teeth on show i can't <laughs> i have to restrain myself from saying anything about her appearance she's a very pretty woman it's just it seems so like try hard you know I don't know if it's the actor trying to uh, really put herself in the character saying, I am the pretty girl. That's what I'm known for. But people don't really know that about me. People don't get that I have real thoughts and emotions and intimacy issues. Oh, so out of reach. But you know what isn't? The outro. We hope Dang. you little beach bums had the best week ever. And while you're having the best week ever, please give us a rating, give us a review, tell us what you like and tell us what you don't like. And follow us on Twitter at Courage and Doll. And if you don't have Twitter but you still want to tell us your thoughts, then email us couragedollpodcast at gmail.com and subscribe. Bye! Bye.